Hello and welcome to a Thursday, March 9th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Aris Kermani, and I'm joined by my guy, Kenny, as we record this on a Wednesday night in the midst of what I'm sure will get more and more exciting as we go on because the Raptors are taking on the Clippers, so we get to have that right perfect time because it is halftime at the moment, so we'll get to hopefully focus in on what should be a pretty interesting six-game slate to take us into a Thursday evening over here. A bunch of uh, high-scoring games. We do have the totals at the moment from what I'm seeing for two out of the six games, so a couple of those questionable tags will obviously kind of uh, get those all set up over there. But, uh, Kenny, how's your Wednesday night so far treating you going into the Thursday? Oh, man, Um, I'm able to watch, um, you know, Two of the best teams in the NBA face off against each other um, on a primetime spot. So that's always good. Props been going good for me. And um, last time we recorded this, 12 hours later, I took down a whole EuroLeague slate. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. (laughs) Kenny ain't kidding when he says he covers all basketball on his Twitter. So when we get to the end over there, see, you're seeing him taking these down. You got to get on that follow. But just before we do get into the slate, as always, get yourself onto sportsethos.com and sign up for that DFS pass. So all these questionable tags, all these injuries that we are going to be talking about today, if we are making those last minute switches, you get to ask the pros on our Discord to really give you that sounding board and maybe give you that little bit of edge that you'll need to be able to take down a slate just like this one. But as we said, six games coming in. And we have the first one being Utah going into Orlando for this one to take on the Magic. No uh, totals for this one as of yet, likely because of the questionable tags on a number of players over here. On the Utah side, we're looking at both uh, Jordan Clarkson as well as Walker Kessler being uh, questionable for this one. While on the Orlando side, it's really just Wendell Carter just continues to be out on this side here. Uh, Kenny, I'll let you get started on this one over here. Where are you looking as far as this matchup is concerned? Um, right now, this is more of like the way to see game since, um, Utah has some interesting pieces, especially if, um, a few of these players who are questionable are out. So first player I'll be looking at on the Utah side, I really hate doing this. It's actually going to be THT Mm. ever since, um, the last, oh, I want to say four or five games. He actually been putting up 10 shot attempts, been giving you about, 10 rebounds and assists and actually been including a couple steals and blocks in there as well. So he's looking at a floor of 18 DraftKings points and about a ceiling of 35, 40 DraftKings points. And for 6-5 on the 6-game slate, I feel like that would be the first part I'll be looking at on the Utah side. Yeah, that's completely fair. And I was uh, also looking at uh, a little bit of Chris Dunn on this end as well. You know, clearly with that second 10-day contract, they really have needed him to be that point guard for him. And yeah, I would have liked him to be uh, able to play more of that kind of 27 minutes that he got against OKC, but still was able to put out a 30 DraftKings point night. And his price has taken a little bit of a jump as a result of it. And we're going to be talking about a bunch of guards, but 5,700, you could definitely do worse on uh, on a pretty uh, small slate and with a number of good value guards on there. But in that kind of same price tag, now looking on the other side over there, we saw Cole Anthony really get that full-on six-man role in that last game over there. And I expect that uh, with Wendell Carter being out and them needing that little bit of offense, especially given the fact that uh, you know Mo Wagner is starting for them and really their uh, guard 
rotation is a little bit kind of up in the air. 5,300 in a pretty fast-paced matchup, regardless of how things are going to be. I do like Cole Anthony for this matchup, and I probably like him a little bit more than Markel Fultz for 6,400. So that's one. And then from a cheap perspective, uh, we saw that it's been kind of a committee situation with uh, what they're doing in the front court. But I do always like any time that Goga Batadze is able to get any sort of kind of significant minutes. He was able to get 20 minutes in the last game against Milwaukee where they did, you know, up until the end, keep it pretty close over there and ended up with 27 DK points in just 20 minutes over there. We know his points per minute production is always great. So uh, I'm going to continue kind of looking that way here. And uh, for 3,800, I think you could do worse. Yeah, I like that. But um, for 3,500, I'm actually going to be going with um, Bobo on the Orlando side. I really do feel like if he's able to get 20 minutes in this spot, he should be able to get a couple couple good looks in, especially against this um, undermanned um, Utah team. And it's been a while since we had that big Bobo game. You know, earlier this year, he was having double-doubles. I feel like this is a situation where we might actually get that um, – vintage 2022 bobo <laughs> oh you never know it's that like that front court by committee any one of them could happen to go off and uh on, on a personal note i feel pretty good with bobo i was able to trade him off for a pretty solid return in uh, in my fantasy league there so hopefully he's not killing it for my opponent who i am facing in a playoff week this week Going into Houston for the second game here. Houston actually going into Indiana. Take on the Pacers. We do have a total for this game, a 236 total for this one, with the Pacers slated to win by 9.5. So looking like a game that at least Vegas is thinking is going to be a pretty significant victory for the Pacers. But as always, never really like to script blowouts on here, but I'm just looking at matchups in general. As far as injuries are concerned for the Houston side, Kevin Porter Jr. has already been ruled out for this game, dealing with a thigh injury, so he is not going to make it for the game. While on the Indiana side, it is all systems go. Uh, As far as the Houston side is concerned, I'm kind of sticking with my guns on what I've just been doing for a little while now. I continue to really like Jalen Green at this price tag. I think 6,400 just gives you that perfect safe floor that he has while giving you that opportunity for him to have one of those 40 plus DK point games, which he has gotten three out of the last, I want to say nine games as far as uh, his uh, game logs are concerned with really no dud in there outside of that one Spurs game where he ended up with 19. So he's always kind of there and thereabouts as far as giving you a floor around that 30 DK points. While if he can have a, a decent night shooting in general, where, you know, his efficiency is always that one kind of, X-Factor on a night. I like him in this kind of a matchup. I expect this to be fast-paced, as we're seeing with the 236 total. I expect it to be very guard-oriented, given the fact that no one really likes going in on a Miles Turner if they don't have to. So it's it's a good uh, opportunity for him. And on the same kind of a token over there, I continue to really like Tari Eason, just in general, uh, for what Houston is trying to put through. It's clear that he's almost overtaking Jabari Smith as far as uh, more lineups that he's able to get himself in, that kind of small forward, power forward, versatility that he offers while also giving you a little bit of kind of stretch forward capability as well as just worked out really well. Houston doesn't have too, too much to play for otherwise. And obviously Sangoon is Sangoon at the center. So I expect that uh, Tari Easton is going to continue to be a very solid play at 5,600. Honestly, for a game to have a total like this, I actually don't have too much interest in this game, especially if I'm playing GPPs. 
Um, I really do feel like a lot of these pieces will be pretty chalky. But if I had to choose one pick that won't be as chalky and could actually give you an upside of about 35 to 40 DraftKings points, that would need to be um, the Ricky Matherin for 5-1. He's been getting roughly 25, 32 minutes each game um, for the past two, three weeks. And against a team like Houston, I really do feel like he's going to have a little bit of an extended run and actually going to get a little bit more of a green light where you will have your normal starters off the floor a little earlier than usual. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't want to spend up too, too much on this game as well, which is why I kind of avoided Halliburton altogether, despite the fact that uh, he's obviously coming off like three excellent games at this point, continues to be sub kind of 10,000, which... In a lot of different slates, I probably would have a little bit more interest in. But if I am looking at something on the Indiana side, I might actually hedge a little bit and go with Buddy Heald. Uh, I expect that his shooting is going to continue to come around for him. They need that pace of play to continue. And he had a really, really bad game last time they played against Houston, yet still putting up 13 uh, three-point attempts in that game. So definitely wants to kind of see that come around. And I think 6,200, and it gives you a pretty safe floor to work with on that side as well. On to the third game of the night. We have Charlotte going into Detroit to take on the Pistons over here. No uh, total or spread for this one just as of yet, likely because of some of the uh, Detroit players that we're seeing here. Charlotte is pretty much all systems go on their side there. But on the Detroit end, uh, we do have both uh, Killian Hayes and Jalen Duran listed as probable for this game. So we'll see if they can actually go ahead and get themselves back on the floor while Isaiah Stewart continues uh, to be out for this game, as does Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, I'll let you uh, go ahead and start with this one, Kenny. Anyone you're specifically interested in from either side here? Um, Normally, I would have a little bit more interest in this game, but I do feel like a few of these pieces are a little bit too priced up on the Charlotte side that I would have interest in. So I won't be playing anybody on the Charlotte side, but with the Pistons, if I'm looking to spin up a little bit, um, especially if I'm playing cash games, I'm going to be looking at Jaden Ivey. Um, ever since Killian Hayes and um, uh, other guard, Kenny um, Bogdan, kind of been out of it, uh, they really gave Ivey the green light. Uh, he's basically put up 15 shot attempts in ooh, the past two weeks. And giving you about an upside of, well, I don't think he's going to get 50 DraftKings points like he did um, the other night, but I do feel like he's going to have an upside of about 40, 35 DraftKings points and a floor of about 25 DraftKings points against the Charlotte matchup. And then if I'm looking at GPPs, uh, put up a few shot attempts, and he always been a pretty good playmaker. So if he's on the floor, he's going to be able to grab you a couple assists, have a pretty low turnover rate. So if you're looking for about 20 DraftKings points for 4 or 5 on a 6-game slate, that's one area I would go to in a little GPP. Yeah, not so bad at all. I, I like the uh, call out on Jaden Ivey there. I, although his price has taken a pretty uh, pretty big bump with the last uh, two games, especially that he's really been killing it. So you know, getting a bit more around where I feel his floor is pretty safe. So I like him there. Uh, that being said, on the uh, Detroit side, I am keeping a good eye out on whether Jalen Duran does, in fact, uh, find himself on the floor here. I do think that kind of down the stretch here, he's going to be really heavily played uh, for Detroit. There's nothing really coming out from 
a uh, restrictions perspective for him. So if that is the case, I, I do expect that he'll see his regular kind of 27 to uh, 30 minutes on the game where he was pretty consistently getting into that 30 DK points uh, situation over there. So uh, for him uh, to be a guy who's going to be my uh, center, uh, I'm going to be looking at one more center kind of later on in the slate here, but he could be one that it kind of fits in into my utility side. 5,000 in a pretty uh, good fast-paced matchup over here. I do like him uh, from that side. And as far as Charlotte's concerned, uh, really... I kind of continue to like Dennis Smith Jr. just as a, as a general pick altogether just for what he needs to do as far as Charlotte's concerned. That six-man role over there, not uh, as much uh, as much upside once he gets into that like high 4,000s price tag where he is now, but he still has been able to provide a pretty steady floor in that kind of mid-20s area. And if you can have a decent night, that can easily get you into the uh, low 30s as far as DK points are concerned as well. So not a bad uh, not a bad look in general as far as he is concerned. Moving on to what will be my personal favorite game of the night. I cannot wait for this matchup to come out. Golden State going into Memphis, taking on the Grizzlies in a 235 and a half total. The Warriors slated to win just by one and a half points. Now, I'm sure everyone is keeping up with the uh, Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green saga that was has been hilarious up until now. And I'm sure that's going to be a area of focus here. But altogether, this should be a matchup that has a lot in store for us to be able to see a pretty uh, exciting one, even with John Morant, unfortunately, out alongside uh, Stephen Adams as well. As far as Golden State's concerned, it's really just uh, Andrew Wiggins that continues to be out, though uh, Kuminga, who was listed as questionable, has been upgraded to probable for this game. So hopefully he is able to see the floor as well. As far as who I'm looking at over here, uh, that that Draymond Green pick in general, I've talked about it in, in other uh, podcasts as well. Uh, that mid six thousand price tag always is a pretty good spot for him. Anytime we are in a in a matchup where he's going to be needed to be that little bit more engaged, and usually that happens to be in matchups where it's either against other playoff bound teams or if there's narratives to go around with it, that's when you kind of see that. Uh, all-around stat line come through for Draymond Green here and already in two games this season he's been averaging 43 DK points in those games there his uh, stocks have been excellent he's averaging nearly you know, 13 rebounds a game and, and 10 assists so all of that just comes together in a really really nice package for me I expect to take him pretty heavily in this um, in this slate and that power forward eligibility definitely allows me to be a little bit flexible with him while on the Memphis side you know, there's, I, find, I find that their price tags are actually in a pretty good spot. I was hoping Tyus Jones would not have jumped that much as far as his price tag is concerned. But unfortunately, 6700 puts him just a little beyond where I'd like to pay. That being said, if there's one area that the Warriors have struggled to overall kind of contain, it has been uh, the front court coming at them. And I do think Xavier Tillman, even though 5900 isn't the sexiest price tag to be able to put forth, uh, put forth for them, he has been consistently getting that low 30s as far as minutes are concerned and is getting a pretty good rebounding total, averaging nearly eight rebounds a game for the last uh, five games alongside uh, scoring in double digits for four of those five as well. So I think he's a, a pretty safe pick to be able to take against the Warriors in a matchup where uh, he being that little bit more of a mobile uh, power forward center, he's going to get those minutes that he needs. Oh, let's see. When it comes to the Warriors, I'm looking at this a little bit differently than um, you are. Um, hmm. I didn't really have any interest in Draymond. Um, you kind of talked me into maybe having him if I do multi-lines tomorrow. But the main person I had interest in and my favorite player on the slate and the props 
player that I'm looking for tomorrow is actually Curry. Uh, for the month of March, he's been, you know, on a roll coming back. Um, I want to say his first game back, he had, what, five or six three-pointers made. Last game against OKC, felt like he had every single three-pointer attempt <laughs> go in for him. But I really do like him, especially with this whole little um, – Memphis Golden State rivalry that's going on that might actually even amp them up a little bit more. So if I can actually see a Curry prop that 4.5 three-pointers, I might need to put a few units in on that. <laughs> and um, for 10-5, I really don't see any player with a bigger upside on this slate. So that's where a good about my salary going. And for a cheap play on the Memphis side, um, I am a Clipper fan and seen him have a couple games where he had like three, four, five, three pointers on the Warriors. So depending on who's in and who's out, I'm going to have a little bit of interest in Luke Kennard. But outside of that, it's really just spit up on Curry and then fill in with other pieces for the next two games. That's completely fair. I can never go wrong with Curry over there, and I'll probably have at least, at the very least, some cash exposure to him. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to see what he ends up doing on what should be a pretty exciting game in general. We're getting to the last two games of the night here, getting into the uh, later night of the slate. First one being Brooklyn going into Milwaukee to take on the Bucks over here. And Brooklyn has a laundry list of players that are going to be out for this game, which is going to be very interesting in terms of what the rest of the slate looks like. Uh, we know that Spencer Dinwiddie, first of all, is going to be sitting out as far as uh, as far as this game is concerned with rest. Uh, Nick Claxton is going to be out for the game. Cam Johnson is going to be out for the game. And, of course, everyone's favorite Ben Simmons continues to be out for this as well and who knows when he is going to be getting back while on the Milwaukee side they're looking at a more positive uh, news spin on it with both uh, Giannis and Drew Holiday listed as probable for this game having missed the previous one there so hoping that they can get back on the floor for this one uh, I'll let you get started on this one first here because I have a couple that I'm interested in but interested to see who you think is going to be the guys to take from this game I, I mean I have a laundry list with this game <laughs> um Let's just start with um, Brooklyn. Um, if everybody who's questionable is also out, um, favorite GPP player today will be Cam Thomas. Mm-hmm. Really do feel like he might be a little bit chalky with a lot of these players out, but I feel like at four sets, especially in this spot, ooh, you just look at, oh, man, over 20 shot attempts in this game if all these players are out. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be pretty ridiculous. Um, um, Second player on Brooklyn that I'm going to have interest in. I typically don't like to go there since um, I I really don't like him as a player, especially in college, but um, Edmund Sumner. Um, I really do feel like you can't really go wrong with him if all these players are out at three sets. Um, you do need to get his shot to get going. So I really don't think you should play him and Cam Thomas in the same lineup. Um, I would just choose one or the other, but I do have a lot of interest in him if everybody else is out. So either him or Cam Thomas, then on the Milwaukee side, um, you know, I, I don't have too many players I have interest in. Uh, most of them are just cash players and that would just be Chris Middleton. Um, if Giannis is in or out. And um, Carter, 
if Giannis is out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm definitely right there with you as far as Cam Thomas is concerned on the Brooklyn side there. Uh, the other one that I do have interest in, and I do think he's going to get more minutes in this game, especially given uh, Cam, uh, Cam Johnson's also being out, is uh, Seth Curry. I expect he's going to play a lot more than the uh, 22 minutes that he played in that last game against Houston. And uh, those shot attempts are going to come with it as well. 3,500 is a pretty... Pretty safe spot. I've always liked him in general more than Joe Harris, and I think they're going to find that uh, he's going to be more offensively needed in this game. And, you know, his price tag continues to kind of slowly creep up, but, you know, we're talking about kind of spend-ups here with lots of value that we've spoken about, and I think Mikael Bridges is still going to be a guy that I find myself going to. He had, obviously, an incredible game against Milwaukee, and that was his, uh, I believe, his second game as a Brooklyn Net when he first came, or... Might have been his first. Don't remember off the top of my head, but he ended up dropping 31 real points on him in about mid-40s as far as his DK points are concerned. And he just continues to show out as a primary offensive option and has not let me down as of yet for his price tag. So he might be you know, veering more towards cash play for the fact that he's up to 8,500. But honestly, I would be almost doing a uh, disservice to myself and my gut if I didn't uh, give him a, another opportunity on here to have another big one against uh, against Milwaukee again. But I'm right there with you on the Milwaukee side. I think everyone's at a pretty good price tag, uh, especially if Giannis and Drew are back. And that takes away uh, the potential upside of what we saw Chris Middleton do the last game, where I did take him pretty heavily across the board for a 6,400, and he had an excellent game against Orlando there, pretty much playing full-on point guard. But his price tag has gone up to 7,200, which takes a little bit of the sheen away from what he could offer, and then the rest of them kind of uh, fall into suit as well. So no one that I'll probably targeting too heavily as far as Milwaukee's concerned there. So on to the last game of the night, which is the latest game, 10 p.m. Eastern start time for this one. New York going into Sacramento to take on the Kings here. And as far as the kind of big question mark here continues to be Jalen Brunson on the New York side. He's listed once again questionable for this game, has missed uh, two games so far with the with his uh, foot soreness that he's had. So we'll see if he is able to make it back onto the floor for the uh, Knicks itself, while Sacramento is all systems go. Uh, both uh, De'Aaron Fox and Bonus are expected to be on the floor as normal. And really as far as kind of where I'm looking uh, on this game here, first of all, uh, we'll have to see what happens once the uh, totals come out here, but I expect that this is probably going to be somewhere near you know, 239 to 240, one of the higher uh, point spreads on this uh, on this slate in terms of pure totals. I expect it to be a pretty high-paced one. That being said, you see New York's price tags kind of slowly rise up uh, over the last couple of games, Emmanuel quickly being kind of the chief on that, his price tag all the way up to 6600 on this one, and I'll probably end up avoiding him for that uh, price tag there. Though, even though I despise him in real life, R.J. Barrett continues to get 20-plus 20, 20 shot attempts a game in all these games that Jalen Brunson is out. And if that continues to be the case, it just – you have to take him for seven grand. He's just going to continue to put up 20, 22 shots a game. And even if his efficiency is not as good as it has been overall in the last two games, which is kind of in that mid-40s as far as percentages are concerned, alongside getting to the free throw line you know, 17 times in the last two games – there's just a, a lot to like when uh, when all of that kind of comes together. So despite his price tag rising almost 1700 from uh, his previous game when he was sitting in that kind of low 5000s, I still think he's a pretty a pretty good pick over here. While on the Sacramento side, with uh, with Brunson out, with their guards 
being really undersized and frankly not necessarily the quickest to be able to handle. I do think that you know if I'm going to spend up on a guard and I'm not spending up on uh, you know if I'm not spending up on Curry as we've talked about in the previous game, the Deer and Fox is going to be one of the guys that I really do look pretty heavily on here. I think this is an excellent matchup and for him in general. He's had a bunch of great games against the Knicks throughout his career. I hasn't had to, the opportunity to play them yet so far this year, but he did before uh, his uh, kind of small injury had, that he had. Had three straight games of 50-plus uh, points over there, and altogether it's just looked excellent as far as efficiency is concerned. Getting to the free-throw line nearly 10 times a game for the last five games as well. So lots of like in terms of him being able to attack uh, that uh, New York backcourt. But those are going to be kind of the major areas that I'm looking at here. Um, For me, on the Sacramento side, I'm actually looking at Sabonis and my cash game lineup. So you're going to start the build with um, Curry and Sabonis. Then Philadelphia there for the cash games. Then GPPs, if Jalen is playing, I'm going to actually have um, a lot of interest in quickly and GPPs, um, especially in this pace matched up where you was thinking about 240. I was thinking more along the lines of 235, but it's going to be one of the highest pace matchup and more competitive than um, the Houston matchup. And the big player that I'm actually going to have interest in, especially in um, cash and GPPs, is actually going to be um, Josh Hart for 5-2. Ever since he actually came to New York, he actually just fit into the system just perfectly. And his floor is probably one of the safest, if not the safest, on New York. And his ceiling isn't the highest, but it could still get you about 35 um, DK points for 5-2, six-game slate. That's somebody I'm going to be locking and loading in um, most of my lineups for cash and GPPs. Yeah, completely fair there. My only concern continues to be with Josh Hart. Just, he just needs a couple more shot attempts. Right? It'd be nice for him to get somewhere closer to like eight or nine rather than like the five that he's been stuck on for the last couple of games there. But as you said, he just has all the minutes in tow. He's probably the best defender on that team and they just need everything that he offers there. So I do like that. It probably will be in a couple of cash lineups for me as well. That brings us to the end of those six games over there. And as always, before we wrap up, we move right over to the Thrive Fantasy side of things where the player props come in. Kenny's favorites. He's been absolutely killing it in that lately. But where I'm looking at as far as uh, Thrive Fantasy is concerned is two of them that kind of jumped out to me. First of all, kind of sticking with my guns as far as Draymond is concerned, I do think this is going to be a very, very productive matchup for him. He's going to be amped for it. Eight and a half rebounds for him to go above that. 115 points. I, I think it's going to happen. Again, Golden State is never uh, a big rebounding team in general. And Draymond all, all of a sudden ends up finding himself kind of in a couple of different positions to be able to get that. A bunch of long rebounds. Really, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for him to be involved over here. And I do like this to be a pretty juicy pickup for me. And the other one, which I'm less kind of, if both uh, Drew Holiday and Giannis are back, it may be a little bit, you know, closer touch and go over here, but I do think Chris Middleton is rounding himself back into form. And that usually means that alongside his kind of double digit points, he's usually able to get anywhere between five to six, both rebounds and assists. So I do expect it'll be a little bit tight kind of going into it, but 11 and a half, I'm going to go ahead and say that he will hit the over on that for 105 points and be able to get you a solid return on those two picks. 
And not too bad, not too bad. Um, first one that I actually have that just seemed like off to me. It feels like a trap, but Tyrese Halliburton over 7.5 assists against the Houston Rockets at what's going to be probably the highest pace matchup on the slate. Um, second play that I have interest in, I really wish this was um, points, rebounds, and assists form, but I'm actually going to go with um, under 23 total points for R.J. Barrett. Again, he's has been flourishing when um, Jalen been out the lineup, but I really do see Jalen coming back into the lineup, and I feel like that's going to take a dip into both his field goal attempts and his minutes since he's going to be playing third string again, possibly the fourth. And my favorite play, Curry over 30.5 points against Memphis. That's staying right on brand with that one. You know, everyone's hoping for a big Curry night because there is few things more exciting in the NBA, and we'll have to see how that ends up working out. But that does bring us to the end of this pod over here. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at HK underscore devil, where we can go ahead and see just how big Draymond is going to be in this game after calling Dylan Brooks a clown as expected and deserved. Where can the people find you, Kenny? Uh, man, everybody can find me on Twitter at OrangeDFS, and I'm always talking about basketball. March Man is coming up, so definitely talk to me about this college basketball. Still talk about Euros, women basketball, NBA, all levels. Love it, love it. Well, we'll uh, keep catching us all there. And as always, get yourself onto sportsethos.com. Get yourself that DFS pass so you can get us on Discord where you can ask the pros and keep yourself up to date all the way up until lineup lock. But until then, we will catch you on the next one. Let's go out there and take down some GPPs. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.